Acts chapter 16. If you don't know uh, where Acts is in your Bible, uh, we said this, I actually told him on Wednesday night, uh, don't ever be ashamed of uh, when you look at the Bible to look at the first couple pages of the Bible, which is where your table of contents is. In the table of contents, you can see and look up Acts, and if it's on page number whatever, you can turn to that page and whatever, so you don't have to feel like you have to know everywhere everything in the Bible is. Table of contents is there for a reason to help you find it, but you have uh, two sections of your Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and so that second section is your New Testament, so it starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. So once you get to the book of Acts, turn to chapter number 16, Acts chapter number 16. While you're turning there, and I'm going to give you some time, uh, and if you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay, we're going to put up on the screen, but before we put up on the screen, before we put up on the screen, let's go back to the title of the message. Here's the title of the message. How to make what? How to make good decisions. How to make good decisions. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you straight up, uh, this, this message is kind of tailored specifically to those that are the senior recognition that's happening today, but this is something that we all need to know how to make what? Good decisions. We all need to know how to make good decisions. Because every single one of us in this room, probably, uh, if, if you can give a lot of advice to these people that are graduating, and unfortunately, some of you can give them good advice based on not the good decisions you made, but unfortunately the bad decisions you made that you don't want them to make. Say amen. amen. Okay, so how to make good decisions, because now I'm just letting you know, don't check out on me. But that's, that's what we're going to be following, because all of us can make better decisions, can make good decisions. So we're in Acts chapter number 16, in verse number 6. So if you're there, say, I'm there. All right, so just a little bit of context. Um, we got these two guys, Paul and Silas. They've actually picked up Timothy, and they're going on a second missionary journey. And, and, and so they're going on the second missionary journey, and Paul has a plan of where they're going to go. A specific plan, we, we've, we've been here before, and so we're going to go to these places again, and we're going to go to new places, so he has a plan, okay? Now, how many of y'all have ever put together a plan? Hopefully a lot of you have put together a plan. If you're just aimlessly going through life, that's kind of scary, okay? But he has a plan, but notice what happens, and then we'll get back into the message today. Verse 6, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Okay, so they're going through these different regions, and they want to go to this region over there, but the Holy Spirit says, you can't go that way. After they were come to Mycenae, they essayed or tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Okay, so now is the second time. They wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Ghost said no. Then they wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Verse 8, and they passing by Mycenae came to Trias. Verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that who? The Lord had called them for to preach the gospel unto them. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for an opportunity to, to recognize and to honor our seniors. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, specifically, Lord God, I pray that this would be a message that they can take for the rest of their life. Lord, this is so important that they make good decisions. 
Because, Lord, the decisions they make over the next five to ten years could radically change what the next 50 and 60 years looks like. It's just reality. And this is an important time. It's a big transition. And so, Lord, I pray that you specifically would help them with this message. But, God, for the rest of us, Lord, I need to know how to make good decisions. And, Lord, sometimes from what we're going to look at today, sometimes I don't uh, take the proper steps and use the proper tools that you put at our disposal to make those good decisions. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us all to learn and to see what you have for us today. pray all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right, so let's put it real simple. Let's put it real simple. Your life, your life is a series of different decisions you make. Your life, where you are right now, is based upon certain decisions that you have made, okay? Now, everyone can probably agree that in our lives there are some good decisions, but on the other side there have been what? Bad decisions, okay? But where you are today is basically determined by the decisions that you made, okay? Each decision took you down a different path. Now, now I'm not, this is kind of a side note, commercial, whatever. If you don't like currently where you are in your life, maybe it's time to make a different decision. Say amen. Okay? If you're continuing to make certain decisions and it's taking you in this direction, maybe it's time to make a different decision, all right, and go down a different path. But here's the problem when it comes to our decisions. When it comes to our decisions, we lack a filter to determine whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. Key word here, before we make the decision. <laughs> okay? We need a filter that we can put on every single decision, that whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, before we make the decision. Because let's be honest, some of our decisions, we look back as bad decisions with regret. When if we just said, hey, wait, before I make that decision, let me put a filter on that to see exactly what I need to do in this situation, maybe we would have never made the bad decision because we filtered it first, okay? So, um, the biggest question, what is that filter, okay? This is kind of a big question, and then we're going to narrow it down a little bit. What does that look like? The biggest question when faced with a decision that everyone should ask themselves is, does this decision honor God? The decision I'm about to make, does it honor God? Now, it's very simplistic in nature, but that's where we've got to start with it. If, if a decision doesn't honor God, should we make the decision? Okay, all right. Let me play. Okay. <laughs> all right. If a decision doesn't honor God, should we make that decision? No. No. Okay. This is a really, this would be very simple. I, I already feel Holy Spirit conviction happening in this place right now, okay? Because you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I've made some decisions to honor God, okay? <laughs> That's the first thing. Now, we have tools, we have tools at our disposal so that every single time we can make the right decision from the standpoint of does it honor God. Now, these do go in order, okay? These go in order. Okay, because some of you are going to say this, man, I'm going to pick that one and that one. No, you can't do this, okay? They go in order. You take one, then you take the next one, then you take the next one, then you take the next one, okay? All right, so it follows in order, so everybody understand that. Number one, if you're taking notes, first of all, it starts with a personal relationship with God. Now, you're like, Buchanan, like, I thought, okay, but you cannot make a decision whether a decision honors God or not if you don't know God. You have to know him first. You have to know him first. 
Because what we're going to talk about, the, the things that are going to guide you and help you, you have to know him first. Now, some of you think, Buchanan, this should be an assumption we're all in church. Let me just, a little commercial again. Church attendance does not affect your eternal destination. When you get to the end of your life, they're not going to check the attendance roll at church. They're going to say, did you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Yes or no? If it was yes, they're going to say, come on in. If it was no, they're going to say, you, you depart from me, I never knew you. That's reality, okay? And so from the standpoint of what we're going to talk about after this, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you cannot honor God because you don't even know him as Savior. You have to know him as Savior first. And let me help you with this. Salvation is a heart issue. Don't just give God lip service. Because here's what happens. If we think, well, I went to church, but I don't have a relationship, you're a Pharisee. You're a Pharisee, okay? Here's what, here's what Jesus talked about Pharisees, okay? Matthew 8, 15. These, these people draw ninth unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is what? Far from me. But in vain do they worship teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, okay? You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus if you are going to honor God with your decisions. Number two, number two. Okay, we've established you have a personal relationship with Jesus. The next way from the standpoint of the filter you need to put on your decisions is the Bible. Number two, the Bible. The Bible, okay? 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, okay, which means it's good for you, for doctrine, what you believe, for reproof, to tell you where you're wrong, for correction, to tell you how to fix it, and for instruction in righteousness, to tell you how to live after it, okay? All Scripture is, is by, given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Look at this, verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect or complete or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, okay? Now here, let me help you with this. Many of our decisions as Christians have already been made for us. Many of our decisions have already been made, of, made, made for us. Because here's the deal. When we, if we have our, our life surrendered to Jesus, the next question we ask when faced with a decision is, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? i use an example, okay? I hope I don't have too many little kids in here, but it's just the way it is, okay? So I'm sorry if you have a little kid in here. I'm not trying to be whatever. But let me give an example. Sexual purity. Sexual purity. Okay? Now some of the teenagers are like, golly, we're here about this again. You probably don't hear it enough. Okay? Well, let's just talk about sexual purity, okay? According to the Bible, any sexual activity outside the marriage covenant is what? Sin! <laughs> Okay, thank you for calling it what it is, okay? Don't just say wrong, it's sin. It's sin, okay? All right, don't, let's not sugarcoat this, okay? Any, any sexual activity outside a covenant marriage relationship is sin. So what does that mean? If you're not in a marriage covenant relationship, should you be engaging in sexual activity? No! Now, I know that's not a popular thing to say anymore nowadays, but it's reality. It's reality. The Bible says don't do it. So guess what? We don't do it because that's what the Bible says. All right? I don't negotiate with this. You know, hey, God, I'll do this part of the Bible, but hey, if you'll give me a break on that part of the Bible, okay? We don't negotiate with the Bible. If the Bible says to do it, we? If the Bible says not to do it, we? Don't do it. We don't do it, okay? Now, here's the deal. 
Your society, our society, is going to tear down the relevance, rev, the <laughs> relevance of this book. It's going to tear it down. Here's what's going to. Here's what. Here's and I'm. I'm going to talk to all my all my people that are going off to college and stuff like that. Or you've been in college. They're going to tell you that this is not really. It's just. A, it's just. It, it, that's great and wonderful. But here's the deal. It's not really relevant today. That's an old time book and all this kind of stuff. But let me help you. This. You know, as as our society changes, this book becomes more relevant, year after year after year after year. It is more relevant than it's ever been before. And let me help you with this. This is not just a book. This is not just some book. It is the book. This is God's heart and mind on paper. And here's what you do with this book. You hold it close. You cherish that thing. And you look at that and you're like, man, I cannot wait to open this thing so I can see what God has for me in my life. Like here, I know, it's so, so many times in our lives... We, get, we, get, we, we make these bad decisions, and then, you know what? And we come to find out later on in our life that, man, if I'd have just followed this book, if I'd have just done it this way, you would have, you would have saved yourself a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache. Because here, and I, I'm, I'm going on, on a tangent a little bit, but you got, you got two ways to learn stuff, by knowledge or experience. Let me help you with this. I've been down the experience road. And I and and I, I I learned a lot of things through experience. And and the problem was is that I learned by experience by the bad decisions I made. If I'd have just followed the book, I would have missed a lot of that heartache, a lot of those problems, a lot of those issues. But follow the book, follow the book. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Okay, it is a gift, and we should never it should never be we we should never take it for granted. We should be grateful. Like here's what I want to tell you. Like here's what's really cool about God. Okay? Even the fact that he sent Jesus to die for your sins and then he goes back up into heaven. He left us something to help us and to guide us in what we need to do. Psalm 119, Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Like, it, it, I'm, I've, been, I've been careful to say this, but the discipleship stuff that we're, we're kicking off in the fall, part of the discipleship stuff is Bible memorization. You memorize a verse every, every week. Now, do you know why I've been hesitant to say that? Because some of you are like, huh, I don't want to do Bible memory. I can't remember anything, all that kind of stuff. You have to do Bible memory. You know why? Because you've got to have it in your heart. Commercial, there will be a time. There will be a time. It may not be in my lifetime, but there will be a time where we will not be able to hold this in our hands. It's coming. Okay? It's coming. It's already happening overseas. Okay? It's already happening overseas. You know what people are doing overseas? They're memorizing this thing. Because if, 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 if the government gets it, they're going to take it out of their hands. So they've got to memorize it and keep it because they have to have it in their heart because that may be the only way we keep it going is because we're, we've memorized it. Okay? But hide that thing in your heart. Hide that thing in your heart. And you might not sin against thee. Number three. Number three, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay? There's another filter we can put, and I say another filter, they build on each other, okay? You have a personal relationship with Jesus, okay? All right, so you're saved, so you can honor God because you know God. Now, I have a decision, what does the Bible say about it? If the Bible says to do it, I do it. If the Bible says not to do it, I don't do it, all right? But now we, now we move on to the Holy Spirit. Now, here's where we pick up with Paul and Silas, okay? Well, they already have a personal relationship with Jesus, we know that, okay? Especially with Paul because he meets Jesus on the Damascus Road. 
they're already living out the go of the scriptures. Do you notice that? Right? They're going. Acts 1.8, but, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. We're all called to be witnesses, and that's what Paul and Silas are doing. They're taking the gospel of Christ, and they're sharing it and taking it to other places. Now, some of you are like, okay, that's great. Now, th- so they're living out what the Bible tells them to do, but the uttermost parts of the earth is a little vague. Because <laughs> at this point, they have already reached Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. So uttermost parts of it. Now, how do, does, does God care where Paul takes the gospel? Say yes. Yes, he does. But it doesn't clearly in Scripture point him to say, hey, here's the next place you need to go and the next place you need to go and the next place you need to go. Whose responsibility is to tell him where to go? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's his responsibility to tell him that, okay? So, now, all right? So we look at the Bible, it gives us clear direction, but there's some things that the Bible doesn't give us specific. Okay? Great example. The, the Bible will not tell you what college to go to. The Bible will not tell you what job to take. This is a very important decision you're going to make in your future if you decide to make this decision, but, but the Bible will not tell you who to marry. It won't tell you those things, okay? Now, let's, let's, let's quick survey. Does God, does God care about where you go to college? Yes. Does God care about what job you take? Okay, hopefully everybody's on the same page as this. Does God care about who you marry? Yes, because <laughs> don't mess that one up. I'm just letting you know, okay? All right. Thankfully, I don't know that from experience because I got me a good one, all right? I got me a good one. But some of y'all can say from experience, like, I've made that mistake, okay? But I love them, all right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit tell you to do it. Okay, so, but every decision, listen. Every decision we make should be guided by prayer before we make the decision. How many times will we pray about our decisions after we've made them? Lord, bless this decision. <laughs> and the Lord's like, like, I didn't bless it before, and I'm not going to bless it after. Like, like, Lord, bless this car payment I can't afford. All right? <laughs> no, you bought the car, all right? No offense to car people, okay, all right? So... But John 16, 13, what, what, is, the, what is the Spirit? Let's, let's talk about the Spirit a little bit. John 16, 13, how be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all what? Truth. Truth. See, some of y'all are, 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 are making bad decisions because you're lying to yourself. But here's what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will never lie to you. Say amen. He will never lie to you. He will always tell you the what? Truth. Tell you the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Okay? So the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, I have never, let me help you with this. I have never heard the audible voice of God. And if you have, that was the burrito last night, okay? All right? (laughs) Never heard the audible voice of God. But, but I have been guided by the Spirit. I have been guided by the Spirit. Now, now, the key to, I'm going to put these in air quotes, the hearing him is how close you are to his voice. How close you are to his voice. The, 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 the more you cultivate the spirit, the more you lean into the spirit, the more you deny the flesh, the more you're going to hear God, okay? All right? Now, what, 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 how, how do we follow the Holy Spirit's leading? Here's, th- here's three ways the Holy Spirit usually speaks in my life, okay? Think of it like a, a traffic light. 
a traffic light, okay? Red means what? Okay? Some of y'all don't know what it means, okay? Let's do this all together. Red means? <laughs> Green means? Here's the real test. Yellow means? Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. That's what I was worried about, okay? Yeah, floor it. Yeah, gun it, floor it. I heard that, okay? <laughs> and some of y'all don't even know, like, you think red is more like it's starting to turn pink, so that just means it's still okay? It's not solid red first all the way? Okay, and let me help you with this. Let me tell you what this means, okay? Stop, uh, red means stop, green means go, and yellow means to slow down. Say it with me. Slow down. <laughs> slow down. Get ready. Get ready to what? Stop, Okay. here we go all right (laughs) we we can also look at it this way okay so stop go (laughs) slow down okay (laughs) stop slow down go okay but also we can say okay yes we can say red light no green light yes yellow light wait wait okay that's really, somebody said, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, okay? It's a really cool Garth Brooks song, but it's totally biblically inaccurate, okay? All right? God answers every single prayer, every single one of them. It's either yes, no, or wait. That's the answers you're going to get, okay? And and so here's what I'm going to help you with, is sometimes, well, let's let's do this a couple different ways. Sometimes it's hard to hear the, the voice of God, voice of God, because of where we are in our spiritual condition. But there's other times where we just need, if, if, if you don't have a definitive yes or a definitive no, what do you need to do? Wait. <laughs> you need to wait. Okay? And, and, and I'm telling you, there, there, there are so many times there in my life where, where I was about to take this job, and, and, and in my spirit, it was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I, I can't, I can't completely back this up in scripture for me personally a lot of times when it's a no it's a resounding no and usually when it's a yes it's that still small voice and the reason why I think it's that still small voice is because he wants to see if you'll show faith okay all right again that's just me personally I don't know if I can completely back it up in scripture so I shouldn't even said it okay but but when it's a no usually it's a pretty resounding no now let's be honest we can we can we can push through some holy spirit no can't we don't do that don't do that, all right? Now, okay, so we've, we've established this. Personal relationship with Jesus, that's first thing first. In order to honor God, you have to know God. Then the decision is, the next filter is, okay, what does the Bible say about it? If the Bible is clear that we should or should not do something, we stop there. Let me help you with this. If you look at it in the Bible, you don't have to say, but I'm going to pray about it. You don't have to pray about it. It's, <laughs> you know what? Please do this. Pray about it. Here's what the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. I've already told you. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word. Do what the Bible already told you. Okay? So, if it's, what does the Bible say about it? Yes, no, okay? All right, so, okay, the, okay. let's just use marriage, for example, okay? All right, I want to get married, okay? Obviously, it's in the Bible. It says I can, I can get married. That's okay, all right? Um, it does say, it does say who, who I should or should not be married to. I get that from the standpoint of lost or saved, all right? Okay, and then it tells me how to treat my spouse once I get married. But now it's like, okay, who should I marry? And we need to pray about that. Now, what's funny about this, you're th- <laughs> uh, what's funny is some of y'all never prayed about who you married got married to 
you're like, oh, that's why we're having problems. <laughs> now, I'm not advocating for divorce, okay? Like, once you get in the marriage covenant, you stay in the marriage covenant. Say amen, okay? And I know there's extenuating circumstances. Don't, don't, don't email me later, okay? All right, okay? But what I'm saying is, like, okay, but so many times, if we just prayed about it before, one of the biggest things, and I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn or whatever, and here's what I actually had a conversation with Andy Henson about this earlier. I'm thankful that I'm the only person my wife ever dated. I'm thankful for that. Some of y'all think, man, if she'd have dated somebody else, maybe she'd figure out better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she found me, and I was like, don't date anybody else, because I, I want her to think the mystery, like, I'm the best thing you're going to get, okay? But, but I dated several. I dated several girls in high school, and, and I'm not proud of that. And I think, in, in some ways, casual dating sets us up for divorce. That's just my opinion, Okay? Because it's like, okay, I can drop them here and there. So, hey, what's the difference if I got a ring on it? Who cares? Whatever. All right, so, but I was, I was the only person my, that my wife ever dated. And before we even started dating, this is when we met in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We were working at a Christian retreat. I remember we're, we're actually on the beach. We're sitting on a, on a little, we actually jumped the fence of a hotel and uh, stood right there. That's, that's not the Bible. would not want you to do that. Um, but we jumped the fence to sit on the, the pool deck right there. And I looked at Katie, and we'd only been like, this is weird. Now, you're going to say it's weird, but it's right. We, we'd only known each other for two weeks, and we were going to start dating. And here's what I said. I said, look, if we don't feel like this is going towards marriage, I don't even want to keep going. I was that serious about it. I, I, I didn't, I I didn't want to be in a casual dating relationship anymore. I'm like, okay, I'm 18 years old. Uh, actually, I was 17 at the time. I was going to turn 18 in July. I said, I'm done with that. And here's what I did. I, I, I took her hand, and, I, and, I, and we prayed together and said, Lord, if this is your will, that we would be together, and this is the direction you want to take us from the standpoint that this is going to, not say we've got to get married tomorrow, but we're going this direction. Lord, help us, help us and guide us, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit lead us in that direction. And, I, and, and, and you can say what you want to, but, but this year, this year July, we'll be celebrating 19 years of marriage. And we got married when, I, when, I, when I, she was 18, I was 19. Okay, now, I don't know about you, but that's code for that's not going to work out, okay? All right, because we had a lot of growing up to do. I'm thankful we didn't have kids for five years because we had to, we had to grow up ourselves before we had actual kids, okay? And I'm not, I'm not if you had kids earlier, whatever, okay? But I, I, I truly believe the reason why God has blessed our marriage is because we, we started with him first. That God, what do you want to do in this situation? And, that's, and that, again, that's a big decision, I get that. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you in every single decision that you make. All right, number four, number four, last thing, last thing. For biblical, faithful counsel. Biblical, faithful counsel. All right? So, again, let's go back with this. We already have an existing relationship with Jesus, okay? We've exhausted the Bible for every single answer. Let me say that, let me, let me say that again. If you just say, I don't know where it is, that is not an excuse. I don't know if it's in the, in the Bible or not. Do a little study. Do a little research, Okay? Be careful about Googling it, okay? <laughs> right? But you find what the Bible says about something. You, you research this thing, to the, and then if you come to the conclusion that, okay, the Bible talks about the subject, but this is the only part it talks about, it talks about this section, but not this over here, then, then you go to the Holy Spirit, and, and, and that, even in that moment, you should have some, somewhat of guidance from the Holy Spirit, and it is okay to seek out biblical, faithful counsel. Now, Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. 
Okay, so the Bible talks about counsel is good. Now, notice the words that I use in the point. Biblical, faithful counsel. All right, let me help you with this. Never, never, ever take advice from a lost person. They are like, oh. They may be the most successful person on the planet. But here's the deal. You're not trying to become like them. You're trying to become like Christ. And if you take advice, I'm not saying we can't learn from the secular world and all this kind of stuff, but I'm telling you, if you take advice from somebody who doesn't know Jesus, I want you to know there is no framework from the standpoint of their decisions as, is this honoring God? It may be that I want to make, I want to make good moral choices, but it's not from the spirit of doing honor God. So be careful about taking advice from lost people. Okay? Also, if somebody tells you and gives you advice that is contrary to the Bible, it is what? Bad advice. It's bad advice. If you read in the Bible, like, here's the deal. I got a personal relationship with Jesus. I read in the Bible. This is what it needs to be. And then the Holy Spirit guidance. He's guiding me in this direction. And then you get somebody, even if they're close to you, I'm going to get in real trouble right now. Okay? All right? Like, be careful. I don't care who it is. I'm going to, let's go ahead and say it. Be bold, all right? If your parents give you unbiblical advice, it's bad advice. I know I just got, I got mean looks on people. It's okay. You can look at me mean. You can send me emails on that one. I'd love to have that conversation. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that would be great. But they give you unbiblical advice, it's bad advice. Straight up. Okay? Now, faithful. Faithful. Faithful means that they've had success in this area for a long period of time. Okay? Bad, let's, let's have a little fun with this. Here, and if you are in this situation, I'm not trying to make fun of you in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying reality. Okay? The best person to get marriage advice from is not the person that's been married six times and is truly tr- currently going through a divorce. Y'all don't like that. That's okay. All right, okay? Okay, let me rephrase that just so you know. Okay, marriage advice should not be sought from somebody who's been married six times and currently going through a divorce. Why? Because they haven't been successful in marriage. Okay? They may be successful in a million other things, but they're not successful in this area. You do not need, and you're like, well, man, that seventh one looks like they have potential. Okay, don't do that. Okay? Like, faithful means, means and here's what I'm trying to say, especially, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess my own sins. And I don't know why we don't do this. But as a young couple, before we had kids, I wish we had, had found an older couple that had already had kids, even like we're, we're graduated and done all that kind of stuff. I wish I'd have found a, a, like a spiritual parenting mentor. Because I don't know, anybody give an instruction book with their kid? Just, if you've got one, I'd love to see it. I mean, you need to put that thing in a museum because I've never seen one before. And so many things in my parenting that I made decisions, I made these, I think I feel like I make, I've made a lot of mistakes with my kids because I'm like, I'll just figure it out. Okay? But there are people in this church even that are, are, will give you biblical, faithful counsel when it comes to the parenting. Here's the deal. Seek that out. Seek that out. Everybody who's over the age of, I want to be careful how I say this. I don't even know what, what, what word to figure out. Okay, my kids will be grown and gone when I'm 45. And so if you're over the age of 45, say amen. Okay, would you be okay imparting some of your wisdom that you've learned in your parenting on someone that's in their in their early early to mid 20s would you be okay imparting that wisdom to them say amen okay there you go and and they have wisdom to share but we just don't take advantage of it so it's okay to get biblical faithful counsel all right 
Now, let me help you with this. The council is there to confirm the direction God is already showing you. Okay? Counsel is a confirmation. If you get counsel, it's not to pull you away from where God is already taking you. It's to pull you closer to that answer. Okay, commercial. Y'all ready for that commercial break, aren't you? Here we go. Now, that's the last point. That's the last point. And I want you to notice something. I, I, I could have put the last point in saying, and then when all else fails, follow your heart. Dreams, follow your dreams. Man, that'll be great. Just follow your heart. Let me help you with this. Your heart is deceitful. And your heart will send you off the edge of a cliff. It's just, a, okay? I'm not, the reason why they're amen is because they know. They're like, oh, I followed my heart. And boy, did my heart take me to a place I didn't want to go. Okay? Follow your heart. Now, here's, here, somebody say, well, doesn't the Bible say he'll give you the desires of your heart? Well, that's great. Let's read the whole entire verse in context. How about that? Okay? Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, here we go, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Notice verse 5, Commit thy ways unto what? The Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So I don't know if y'all realize this, in verse 3 and verse 5, it said, you follow what God tells you to do. And delight in that. And guess what? He'll give you desires of your heart. And I'm just telling you this. When you do these two things and you do this, your desires are not your desires anymore. They're God's desires. So don't, don't take that verse out of context and say, well, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. I want me a car and I'm getting one. You know? <laughs> Now you, you, you need a job before you get that car, okay? <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> have y'all, have y'all, we're having fun today. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> Here's what's funny. There's some people in here that are going like, yeah, give it to him, Buchanan. Give it to him. And there's other people going, he's giving it to you, you dummy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Sorry. For some of y'all, this is your first time. <laughs> Don't let it be your last. <laughs> All right, here we go. In conclusion, now this is directly to the graduates. Here's what statistics show, okay? Once someone graduates from high school, there are three different outcomes, three different outcomes when it comes to church. One, we will never see you again. You are no, no longer under the authority of your parents, so, you know, I, I, my parents made me go or encouraged me to go and told me to go. And church no longer becomes a priority. And here's the reason why. Because you didn't take ownership of your faith. Here's what you're going to figure out. Graduating seniors, is this your parents' faith or is it your faith? There's a big difference in that. And so I, 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 that, you need to take ownership of your faith. Now, you're, and I'm not saying that from the standpoint of your parents' faith, your own faith. One is you need to look at that from the standpoint of salvation. But, but, but you need to have a burden for the local church because you have a burden for the local church, not because your parents do. Okay? Two. Two. We'll get you back, but we won't get you back until you get married or married with kids. That's what statistics show, that, that, that if we get you back, you're going to come back when you get married or when you're married and have kids. 
And the reason why you do it is because you're married with kids, because of course we want our kids to grow up in church, right? Three, and I think this is the best option, you continue in the local church. What is sad about these statistics is a vast majority fall into the first one. A vast majority, according to statistics, we never see you again. Some fall into the second one. Some fall into the second one. And very few fall into the third one. I'm just telling y'all, we've, we've, done, we've done two senior recognitions. This will be our third. And some of the, and, and I, 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 I hate to even say this. I'm, I'm trying to think back in my mind of all the different, but many of those people are not connected in a local church right now. Did we not do a good job? We could probably do better. But when it comes down to it, ultimately, where's all my seniors? There's one. There's another one. There's another one. Lexi, where are you, girl? There you are. Riley had to go, right? Man. All right. Okay. It's time for you to make, where you are, where, where'd you go, Lexi? I'll, I'll mess you again, okay? It's time for you to make that decision. Okay? Your parents are going to keep on encouraging you all kind of, it's time for you to make that decision. Mackenzie, it's time for you to make that decision. Decision. Zach, it's time for you to make that decision. Where's my other one? Taylor, it's time for you to make that decision. Are you going to be another statistic? Or are you going to stay plugged into the local church? Now, what's even sadder? What's even sadder is the period of your life from 18 to marriage is the greatest opportunity for kingdom impact, and essentially it gets wasted. Now, let me explain that a little bit, okay? I have a wife and two kids, all right? I'm, I, I'm going to pursue God to the fullest as much as I can, but from the standpoint of when God calls me to do something, I have to consider them, okay? And does that mean that if they don't like the idea, but God's, no, I mean, I'm just saying I have to consider them, Okay? If God calls me to the mission field tomorrow, I've got a plan. <laughs> all right? I've got to figure out, you know, okay, this and where am I, you know, all this kind of stuff. I've got a plan. If God calls you to the mission field, go tomorrow. Go. And the reason why I'm saying that, see, that's the thing about being single and 18. You can do whatever blessable thing you want to do. Now, don't take that in a bad way, okay? Yes! Freedom! Okay? But here's the deal. Yes, this is, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and this is, a, this is a burden of my heart. It's like you have a great, great opportunity as an adult and unmarried without kids to be able to fully, 100% pursue God in whatever he asks you to do. No matter what, there are no, what about this and what about that? Go. You're like, well, I have a job. So what? You're 18. It's not that great of a job. Okay? <laughs> you can find another one like it. Okay? <laughs> Like you can, you can quit your job and go to the mission field. Like I'm just using that example. You can do that. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. I'm telling you, every single person that has that has 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 is married and has kids, and maybe if you're an empty nester, you look back and you said, "Why did I waste that time?" I'll, I, I'm over time. I'm, I'm sorry. I told you I have a shorter message. I apologize. Okay, but here's the deal. I, when I went to college, I went for Christian ministries. And then, and then my dad said he wasn't going to pay for it anymore. And I was like, okay, <laughs> right? And, and I'm just telling you, I'm not saying this because my dad said he wasn't going to pay for it, whatever like that. I took a year off, and I pursued business. And he paid for it. And I'm thankful for that. But I look back and I go, what if I had just kept on doing what God was telling me to do? What if I had just pursued and kept on, kept on going towards that, that and went to seminary and all that kind of stuff? Now, I'm thankful for where I am because I don't know if I'd be in Coleman, Alabama if I'd have continued to go that direction. 
But I'm saying, I, here's I'm going like going, when am I going to start my seminary training now? Like, I wish I already had it out of the way. That's what I'm trying to tell you is like, pursue after God. And, 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 and until, until this is right here, you do, do whatever blessed well thing you want to do. I say that according to what God tells you to do, okay? Sorry, but I'm just letting you know, like, this is the greatest time. Now, how do you not become a statistic? Now, some of you are like, what, what, what does this have to do with the message, okay? I wa- here's why I want you to stay plugged into a local church. Here's why I want you to stay plugged into a local church. And we don't like this word. I'm going to say it real quick, okay? So the reason why you need to stay in a local church is for accountability. Now, we don't like that word. You know, nobody got to tell me what to do, okay? But here's the deal. I'm not a good enough Christian without this place. I'm not saying I have to have this place, but I'm a much better Christian because of this place. And here's the thing. This is, what, what is our responsibility? We're supposed to provoke one another unto good works. That when I'm in this place, I bec- I, that, that because I see, I see other people there pursuing after God, I want to pursue after God. And that accountability, and that'll be done, that accountability will help you stay focused on the tools necessary for making good decisions. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand.